Hey, we really hope you've enjoyed worship at Galilee so far today. But hey, we want to just bless you and continue to bless you through the ministry of Galilee. If you have any questions or you want to get connected or get involved, find out ways you can serve, get you or your children involved at Galilee, just follow the links in the description because that'll be the best way to connect with us, reach out to us, or ask any of those questions. We hope that you enjoy the rest of the service and the message today. Pray that it speaks to your heart and just know that we're here if we can do anything for you. May God bless you. We're blessed to have Anna Schill with us leading today. We appreciate you. Great job. Leading alongside Steph and our team, we've been uh, abundantly blessed in so many ways uh, here at Galilee. We continue to uh, just know that and celebrate that truth this morning. I want to also just really intentionally mention our teenagers. We've got about 70 plus teenagers uh, and their adult sponsors with Brian and Blake uh, that are off at the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention. They're on their way, will be on their way back here uh, anytime. So be in prayer for them as they travel today and that God will just continue that blessing that I know he stirred up in them through the speakers and through the time of worship. Uh, be praying for them that that will carry on. If you grew up in, how many of y'all grew up in a church youth group? I go into youth group. You remember that camp high? They're all going to be coming back on that camp high. Let's pray that that continues, right? They're going to have been in a Christian environment with other believers and be built up. Uh, let's pray that the Lord continues to stir that fire up in them and really blesses them in the days and weeks to come. Uh, we are in the second part of this series, this new year, same mission. It's a new year for us here in 2023, but God is still calling us to do the same fundamental things as a church individually and collectively. And today we're going to focus on service. We're going to focus on the areas of our life that God has called us to step up into to do what it is he wants us doing. So I'm going to pray for us and we're going to talk through this together and I'll lift up uh, those teenagers and, uh, and as well as they're traveling. So let's pray. God, thank you for being so good to us. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this worship. God, this has been all, and we want it to be all about you because we love you. We are here for you, Lord. We know you have a message for us. God, we know that we get this joyous time to gather with brothers and sisters in Christ and praise your name. All of it is about you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our teenagers all those students, all their adult sponsors, Brian, Blake, and everybody else who's leading. Lord, I pray that you will be with them all as they travel, especially those that are driving. Watch over them, keep them safe. And uh, Lord, I pray again that you will stir up this blessing in these young people's hearts. God, that they will be on fire for you and use it for the good of your kingdom. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, look, everybody in the church, everyone in the church has good intentions about serving. Like everybody says, I, I, I want to serve and I want to be the person that when there's a need, when somebody needs help, I'm the person that's going to say yes. Like everybody wants to be that person, not just in the church, but kind of in general. I was reading this little bit that a comedian was, was talking about here recently, and he talked about how he oftentimes flies first class across the country. And when he does this, when he flies first class, sometimes there will be a military member on that flight. And he says, I've seen lots of military members get on the flights that I've been on, and I've never seen one of them sit down in first class. They're always back in coach. 
And he said, so I have thought so many times, you know what I need to do? I need to switch seats with that military member to show them how much we appreciate them. I'll go back and coach, and then they could come up into first class, and that would be awesome. He said, now I've never actually done it even once. I've never actually even done it even once. And he said, you know what's crazy, though? Is that I actually patted myself on the back for thinking how nice that would be if I did that. Isn't that crazy? And it's so true. And, and here's just kind of quick aside. Some of y'all know who the actress Amy Adams is. Back in 2014, she literally did this. She switched seats very quietly, went to the, to the flight attendant, and, they, and switched seats with a military member. She went to the back and had him come up and sit in first class. She didn't tell anybody about this. There was another lady, Jamel Hill, who works for ESPN. She saw this happen and then she tweeted about it. It's the only way that people, you know, even knew that this that she did this. So she actually had the good thought of like it'd be really great to do this and then she did it. Crazy thought, huh? And this of course is what it comes down to for you and me in the church. God has a role for every person in the church, not just some people, but everybody. And as I've told you before, but I will reiterate again this morning, his plan for your life and his desire for your service in the church is not nothing. Okay? That's, that's not what he wants for you. He wants much more than you to be doing nothing. So once, I, and I know you know this, but this means that all of us as the body of Christ, specifically right here at Galilee Christian Church, all of us find ourselves without excuse. Everyone in this room wants to be a part of a growing and thriving church, I assume. Everybody, more or less, wants to be part of a growing and thriving church. And I can remember when I was younger in ministry, I thought that a growing and thriving church really meant a church that was getting bigger and had more and more people. But I have come to learn and understand that's not actually a growing and thriving church. Because even cancer grows big. A growing and thriving church is a church where people are engaged disciples. They are finding their role and they are doing what God is calling them to do as a part of their role in kingdom work. That's a growing and thriving church. And what's at the center of that is for me as a leader, I've stopped long ago you know, pursuing a bigger church. What I have been pursuing for us in my prayer life and hopefully through my leadership and our leadership collectively is a healthier church. We don't want to grow great big. That's not our goal. We want to grow healthier. And the healthier we've gotten as a church, the better we've been. Because we see more and more people, week after week, growing in their discipleship. Stepping up to do what God is calling them to do. We see people building new relationships in our church that they had never had before. And let me tell you something, from so many people, that has happened because they've decided to serve. Some of the best relationships that you will have in a church will happen because you step in to service. 
Because you say, where can the Lord use me? And then you go and you do it. Some of the, some of the greatest impact that you will make in this Christian life is when you serve other people. And I know that, you know, there's people out there that are on the sidelines. And a lot of y'all are out on the sidelines because you kind of, you know, you doubt yourself. Hey, I'm, I'm not good enough, smart enough, holy enough, educated enough, committed enough, uh, wise enough, caring, strong. I, I could go on and on. And maybe that's the thing you're challenged with. You know, we talked about in the, in the very open here of this message. For some people, right, it comes down to the want to. You have the good thought, but don't always follow through with the action. For others, like I say, you're sitting on the sideline because you think, well, I don't know if God can use me. I have in 25, 6, whatever years of ministry it is now, full-time ministry, I have heard all the reasons and all the excuses, right? Right down to, well, I don't have enough time. But here's the thing about that, my friends, and I say this in love. You make time for the things that matter. For the things that matter to you, you will make time for them. And so every Christian really, again, in this room, those of you joining us online, we're all left without excuse. And so instead of saying, well, I know I'm supposed to be doing something, and that would be good if I did, and then just not. Or saying, well, I don't know if I'm really good enough, or if God can use me, or if there's really a place for me to do. Instead, what if our mentality became, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And that is as healthy, at least in my estimation, that's about as healthy as a church can get. A whole group, a whole collection of believers saying, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. In humble service, I will serve you in whatever way you want me to serve. And through the years, let me just say this, because I know in many ways I'm preaching to the choir. So many of you all are serving, and for that I say praise be to God. I want you to hear me saying that. And I know for some of you, you've already tuned me out because you've said, all right, okay, this is the part where he tries to solicit more volunteers. I understand why your mind might go there, but that's not what this is. Okay, look, the Lord will give and send the people that he means for us to have to do everything that needs to be done. I believe that. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'll talk to you more about that at the end. Not worried about it. But what I absolutely believe, and what I absolutely know is that this is not about, like, taking you and saying, well, you're already in an area of service. Let's find you five more things to do. I am not doing that. As a matter of fact, I'm doing the exact opposite of that. I'm trying to get you to imagine with me in prayer and pray with me like I've been praying. Yes, join me in this prayer that I have been praying. And here's the prayer. Lord, will you help every single committed member at Galilee Christian Church find their place God is calling them to serve in your church? Now imagine what's going to happen when God answers that prayer. When everybody in the church says, it's no longer good enough for me to sit on the sideline. I know I did for a while and I had my reasons. And this is a not about beating you up. 
Like, don't, don't waste your time beating yourself up. This is about you stepping into it and saying, you know what, all right. God can use anyone, and so I want to step into my gifting, and I want to grow as a disciple. I want to be a part of a growing and thriving church. And if I want that, then I've got to do my part to be healthy, because when you get a few hundred people as healthy as they can be as disciples, stepping into the mission and vision of Jesus Christ, you cannot lose. I know it to be true. I'm just asking you to come along with me in this. So no matter what, listen, believe this with me, God can use anyone. No matter how, you know, you don't feel enough or you don't feel like you can do this or that. Look, the Bible is clear. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Where we are weak, He is strong. He takes your little and my little and makes it much. When I was younger, very, very young, I was comfortable, you know, joking around and singing songs and being kind of silly in front of people. But if you asked me to speak in front of people, right, I was like Moses, like, no, I am, I am slow of speech, and you don't, like, you don't want me to do that, and I'm the wrong person for that. Like, don't, don't put me in front of people and ask me to do that. That's crazy. Why would I ever want to do that? But there was a little group of sweet little old ladies at Horse Pasture Christian Church, which is a little church in the country where I grew up. I mean, it's as country as it sounds. There's a little group of sweet little old ladies. They had this little, like, I don't know, it was like a, a tea or a tea club. I don't, I don't remember because it's a long time ago now. But they asked for one of the kids from the youth group to come and give the devotion at their little tea thing. And my youth minister said, Nick, I think you'd do a good job of that. And I was like, no, I would not. And he said, no, you're, you're going to do great, and I'll kind of help you with it. And so he helped me with it a little bit. I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And I can just remember standing up in front of them terrified. I was petrified to stand in front of this group of, of senior saints and, you know, like hurriedly read through whatever my devotion was that day. And at the end... I think they clapped, I don't remember, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt at the end of that, they came up and they hugged me and they encouraged me and they told me what, they lied right to me and told me what a great job I did. Man, it was like the most loving thing they could do. And it sparked something in me to say, well, okay, maybe, Lord, you do mean for me to be doing this. You know, it's interesting what happens when somebody believes in you. You've seen this in your life. Well, you know, I could say, well, I believe in you, but you don't need me to tell you that. I'm telling you that the Lord believes in you and that he has a mission and a vision for your life. And part of that will be accomplished in this church if you're willing to do it. Everybody can do it, but we have to get rid of excuses. We know we can do it, but we have to decide we will do it. Because like I said in the very beginning of this message, that's really where the rubber meets the road. It's, it's no excuses about, well, you know, 
for one, that I just don't have enough desire to do it. It's no excuses about, well, you know, I'm just not capable of doing it. God can use anyone. Look, when he found his disciples, the 12, he called up a group of guys that were just regular people. Most of them were fishermen. One was a tax collector. One was a zealot. We don't know what some of the other guys did. Maybe they were unemployed. I, I don't know. Right? We don't know their occupations. But what we know about every single one of the people that the Lord called up was that they were just normal, ordinary, regular people. And they used them for something extraordinary. Look, some of y'all are in this room right now because somebody who was ordinary said yes to Jesus and had an extraordinary impact on your life. So you've got to start considering as you're continuing to step up in maturity as a believer, no matter what season of life you are in, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you are continuing to step up in maturity, right? As you're continuing to step up in maturity, you're considering these truths about, Lord, who am I going to be that person for? Because I said yes, and because I do what the Lord calls me to do, and because I'm not afraid to step into that area of service that he wants me doing. What impact am I going to make generationally? And these are all the hard questions we have to wrestle with. And <clears throat> none of these questions were questions that the disciples were thinking about the day that Jesus first got a hold of them. Just like you weren't thinking about any of these questions when you came in here. You probably didn't know that I was going to challenge you a little bit today. You probably didn't know that you were going to have to think about, oh yeah, wait a minute. What is it that I need to be doing? Lord, how do you want to use me? And, and keep me from making an excuse and instead say, I'll do what it is you want, Lord. Help me find that place. You weren't thinking that when you came in here. And neither were the disciples thinking about following Jesus and doing what he wanted on a particular day when he saw them by the Sea of Galilee. Luke chapter 5, 4 through 11 is the core text this morning. Here's what it says. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. But Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Brothers and sisters, do you understand that this is a metaphor for your life? It is. No matter how long you've been a believer, no matter how long you've been fishing, this is my point I was making earlier that you're continuing to grow, right? You're continuing to step up, right? For every single one of us, we're saying, well, yeah, I've been a believer a long time, and you know, I've kind of just settled into that, and, and I'm kind of comfortable where I am. 
awesome. If you're saying I'm comfortable where I am right now, I am here to help make you uncomfortable. In love. It's okay to get a little bit uncomfortable. And to say, Lord, I know you're pushing me, you're stretching me. And yeah, I know I've been doing this kind of the same way. I've been living out my faith the same way through all these years. But hey, if you're challenging me to throw the net on the other side, Lord, will you just help me trust you? Will you just help me believe that there's something on the other side of that boat that you mean to be caught? And I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to sit on the sideline of that. Imagine if Jesus had come up to these fishermen and one of them had said when Jesus wanted them to put out a little bit into the deeper water and cast it, if one of them said, I'm just going to go and watch from the shoreline. You guys stay in the boat with this Jesus fella and I'll be up there kind of just watching. Imagine what they would have missed. And so imagine what you and I will miss if we stay on the sideline of Christian service. So much. Here's what happens at the conclusion of this story, verse 7. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Imagine that for our church. Imagine a harvest so big of people that are on fire, serving Jesus, being authentic disciples, not trying to grow a great big church because that's not what we're pursuing, but growing a healthier church where more and more people are serving Jesus and are sharing their faith and are reaching people with the gospel. Just imagine. And then say, why not? Why not me? Why not us? What am I waiting on? Just imagine. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, they left everything, and they followed him. They just submitted their life to Jesus and said, Lord, where you go, we'll follow. We don't know everything. We don't know exactly what that looks like. Just like right now, you don't know exactly what your yes is going to look like. But you're opening your heart even right now and you're saying, yes, I need to consider that. And just imagine what's going to happen. But all of this comes back to what Simon Peter does here in this moment. When he sees Jesus, when he sees what Jesus does with this miraculous catch of fish, he worships him. He worships him. He he glorifies in who Jesus is. He honors him and values him, and then he commits his life to him. Service just for service's sake is not worth a flip in the grand scheme of things. But service in the name of our Lord for the glory of his eternal kingdom, it's worth everything. It lasts for eternity. Why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? Why wouldn't we want to be a part of that? 
So we've talked to a couple of things, and I'm almost done. We, we've talked to a couple of things about people that are just, they, they've got the right hearts, but don't always follow through. We've talked about people that just struggle sometimes to believe that God can actually use them. And then, you know, it's kind of the, the whole other group of people that, that, that we're kind of missing out on. We think... Okay, our service has an opportunity to impact other people. And so I should probably do that. And that's true. But the thing I want to be sure you don't lose sight of is that the service that you commit to the Lord will change you. You know, everybody who's ever served anybody can say this. You know, I got to go serve at X, Y, or Z place or do this or, you know, go on a mission trip or serve in a homeless soup kitchen or work in the church in the nursery or serve with the kids ministry or greet somebody at the door, or whatever it was. And you know what happened? I ended up feeling more blessed than anybody else did because I served. One of my good friends says this says, I can't think of a better way to diminish the significance of my problems than to get the focus off myself and place it on others. And it's true. John 13, 35 reminds us of our motivating factor here. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Our love comes out in the way that we serve other people. And our service will certainly impact other people, and it is needed. But it will also change us. And I don't want you to miss that. Look, I have many, many years ago long since quit worrying about who's going to fill an area of need in the church. Again, this is one of those things that comes with maturity, because when I was young in serving in Christian ministry... I took it all really personally, like, oh, we got to find this person to fill this gap and this gap and this gap, and who's doing this and who's going to do that, and we don't have anybody that knows how to do this, and man, we're in trouble. I carried the weight of that right here. And then I discovered, you know, it takes the Lord a little while longer with me. <laughs> you can be kind of dumb sometimes. It took me a little while to discover that if I would just pray, and specifically, Abby and I, my wife and I, we pray. And we pray specifically about areas, and we've done this throughout our ministry, areas that we've known in the church that really need help. Areas that we see, Lord, we need so-and-so to do this. We don't know who it is. Lord, will you just send somebody? And what do you know? Time after time after time after time, the Lord sends the right person. And so some of y'all might be thinking right now, yes, I believe that, Nick. I hope that the Lord sends the right person to go do that thing. And I will just lovingly remind you that might be you. Okay, it might be you. I love what James says in James chapter 2, and I'll, I'll finish with this, 14 through 19 and then verse 24. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? 
Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. And then verse 24, you see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. Now, this is not James' way of trying to teach you to earn your salvation through the things you do. No, it's not that. Here's what it is. He's saying that if your faith in God is authentic, you will not allow yourself to sit on the sidelines of your faith. You will serve Him. You will live your life in such a way that glorifies Him. You will do what he's called you to do. These are the natural outpouring. This is the natural outpouring of your heart change. Of the way that Jesus has taken hold of your heart. This is his point. It will actually show up, not just in word, but in deed. And the, one of the things I've been really blessed with through the years uh, in being involved in church ministry is I've gotten to see a lot of folks in the church who love the Lord and who serve the Lord with their whole heart. Like time after time, they've actually modeled for me what that should look like. They've shown me what it means to be a servant of Jesus. And most often, I've seen that through, through some of the elders in churches where I've served. Some of the elders in the churches where I've served have been awesome. I, I've been blessed to serve with so many great leaders like that through the years. Leaders that said, you know what, I'm going to take up the mentality of Jesus that it's about washing feet, right? Like that's what leadership looks like. And they have blessed me through that. I, I can remember vividly a time I walked in on an elder cleaning up vomit off the floor on a, at church on a Sunday morning. They could have said, hey, let me find the people to clean the church and drag them up here to do this. But there they were cleaning it. I, I walked in one time, actually I walked by a classroom during vacation Bible school. One of our elders, uh, who is a banker, he always wears a suit. And so I saw one of our elders and he was down on the floor, like sitting crisscross applesauce. That's what the kids say now, isn't it? sitting crisscross applesauce during vacation Bible school, like in the middle of July, right? Down on the floor with these kids having just rushed from work to get there to serve those little babies. Those are the kinds of examples that I've gotten to see of people that said, yes, Lord, I'll use you wherever and however you want me to in your service, in whatever way that looks like. And, and I just throw those couple of examples out, but I could give you a million of ways that I've seen the Lord's people serve, sacrificing their time, their energy, their talent for the glory of God and for his church. I don't have to tell you when a church is 153, 54 years old, it's been a lot of people that have come before us that have served self-sacrificially. And so I think we ought to just think for a moment about our chapter in this church's story. 
And Lord, what do you mean for me to be doing? And just don't give me an excuse to not do it. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your church. You are so very good to us. God, I pray that you will bless us in this morning. Lord, that you will inspire each and every one in this room to do what it is you've called them to do. To step into it. To reach out. To find and take hold of it, God. And to give it their, the full weight of their effort and energy in your direction in their life. Lord, make us a people that share our faith. Not keeping it to ourselves. Make us a people that grow in our discipleship day after day. We love you, Lord. Amen. You know, I, uh, I think oftentimes about our roles of service in the church, and I think what a gift and what a joy it is to serve, how much blessing there is in that. And then I think like sometimes we don't do that. Like I told you earlier, sometimes just because the idea of responsibility and service, sometimes that makes us uncomfortable. We're just a little bit scared of what that's going to ask of us. Like I told you earlier, we don't know if we'll be good enough for that. We don't know if we'll do the, a, a good job. and So we just get a little bit intimidated by the whole thing. But you've been given something awesome by God. Why wouldn't you want to use that to his glory? Why wouldn't you want to give that to his kingdom? I was, uh, somebody gave me for Christmas, they gave me a Walmart gift card for $100. And they said, I just want you to, to find somebody that could use this and bless them with it. Just give it away. Man, it's awesome. It's so nice. And then I went to Walmart, and I got this $100 gift card. And then I started figuring out, like, who am I going to give this to? And it was awful. <laughs> like, how's this going to work? Right? I'm going to give this to somebody, and they're going to be like, well, why do you think I need a $100 gift card? <laughs> now, this is me. Y'all just give them to me. I'm fine with it, right? But you don't know how that's going to go. It's a little bit intimidating. And so in the same way, when it comes to our role as disciples, our service as disciple makers, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating. But we, we have these treasures, the Bible says, we have these treasures in jars of clay to prove that the power of God is not from us, but through Him, from Him. Why would we keep this treasure? Why would we keep this gift to ourselves? Let's give it away to somebody that needs it. That's all part of our acts of service, whether that's serving right here in our church, filling and meeting a need, or going out from here and making disciples. So hey, whatever and wherever you are this morning, my, my goal, my, my prayer for you is that you will step into what Jesus is calling you to this morning. For some of you, it may be an initial relationship with Jesus, like you just haven't given your life to him, and I, you got to start there. Repent of your sin, believe that he is the Christ, be baptized into him, which we can help you do today, and go and walk with him in faithfulness. Yet others of you are, are already baptized believers, but you've just been struggling with the area of service, like what do I need to do? Look, come down, we'll pray for you on that. And everybody in the room needs to know, you can reach out to me, you can reach out to Brennan, you can catch any of us that are on staff, we would love to walk with you through that and help you. Don't say, yeah, well, I didn't really know how to do the thing. I didn't know who I was supposed to talk to. Yes, you do. Okay, I'm right here. Start here, and I will help you. Okay, you are not on your own in this, and we will help you find that spot for you. And yet, all right, finally, another contingent of folks in this room, baptized believers, love Jesus, and say, hey, I want this to be my church. I want to serve alongside these people 
for as long as God calls me to to meet the needs of the, the community and to serve alongside these folks so that we can make disciples who make disciples. So whatever's going on in your life, in your world, I'm going to stand up here. Come up. We'd love to talk with you. Let's stand as a church. Let's sing together. And uh, I'm right here if you need to talk.